0: Sealing God's People at sealinggodspeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. And the 19th of January, 2019, we had a visitation from the Lord. After preaching to a Messiah Tribal Church in Transamerica, Kenya, Africa. And it was a morning service. So we finished about 2 o'clock in the afternoon and walking across uh, a ditch, going back to the vehicle, uh, the Lord Uh, came upon me very, very strongly for about two hours. But the word of the Lord came, the bottom line is the word of the Lord came, saying seal my people by my word. As the angel ascending from these heavenly seal of the living God, so send I you. Now this is very profound in that we're speaking of the sealing of Revelation seven indicative of the last days, the last of the last days. The Lord preparing his people for the day of the battle of the Lord and who shall be able to stand? We see in Revelation 6 that it ends with who shall they be able to stand. And then Revelation 7 he talks about a sealing. That sealing is imperative. It's essential that we have it as the body of Christ in order to stand through the judgments of God. Now there are basic sealings that we see on the high priest. We see the first indication of that in Exodus 28. In Exodus 28, because we're called the kings the priests and the Lord our God, and these are garments of glory and beauty, we see that the first sealing is according to the birth. It's an engraving of an engraver. The engraving of a signet. Now that's a sign, S-I-G-N-A-L-O-F-T-A-V, S-I-G-N-E-T. Uh, the spiritual there, sign, A-L-O-F-T-A-V. The ET is Lamed-Tav, which is the longest chapter in your Bible. It is the ABC diary of Psalm 119, going through the aloft with eight verses. Then i will have Beth, the next uh, letter of the Hebrew, Hebrew ABC diary with eight verses, all the way through to tav. Now, there are 22 letters in the Hebrew ABC diary, just as there are 22 knops of bowls upon the candlestick which is the church. There's a half egg of beaten olive oil in each of uh, the knops of bowls that feed the seven lamps that give light over against the sanctuary. But in the last ceiling, the candlesticks then as two witnesses go in the, the veil, within the veil before the throne of God. It goes into the testimony, the Ark of the Covenant. Now, this covenant is a holy covenant for the people, which is Jesus, and he will confirm the covenant with many for one week. That covenant with many for one week is not a Shaboa, it's a Heptad. A Heptad is a week of years, not a week of days on a Sheboah, but a week of years. The week of years there, Jesus just got off in the midst of the week, and uh, but not for him, not for himself. Isaiah says, and who shall declare his generation? The Jesus generation, the Jesus seed. And this is the reason why in Matthew one, from the generation of Jesus, it shows his seed according to the kingship line. And we see it starts with Abraham uh, there, unto David is 14 generations. From David unto the carrying away into Babylon, 14 generations. Then from the carrying away into Babylon unto Jesus is 13 generations, who is called Christ, the 14th generation. That is a generation that shall be counted for the seed. And it says, Of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. That Christ, the Christos is the Spirit of God, as we see in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. The revelation of Christ is essential for the sealing because it is the foundation of the church. In Matthew 16, Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Some say you're John the Baptist, Isaiah, Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. But who do you say I am? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Simon Barjona, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Thou art Peter. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatsoever you bind upon earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose upon earth will be loosed in heaven. There is the revelation and the foundation which no other foundation can be laid than what is laid, which is Jesus Christ. But as we've been taught Christ, we have to be taught Christ, and that is the revelation of the Father and of God and of Christ. If you'll take a look at Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9, it talks about the full acknowledgement of the mystery an understanding of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, in the last days, we're talking about the treasures. Is this not sealed up among my treasures to be revealed in the last days? Saith God. We see in Deuteronomy 32 he talks about treasures. These treasures are all in the revelation of Christ. In whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge, not only in Passover unleavened bread first fruits, not only in the first three feasts of the Lord in the season of Passover, of which Moses' tabernacle was dedicated in Passover, it did not have ten golden candlesticks, it didn't have ten tables of shewbread, it didn't have the legs of Ya'qin, the pillars of Ya'qin and Boaz the mobility of the church. It was a beginning, an embryonic type of the church that we will see in Pentecost in Acts the second chapter, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Now, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John shows us Jesus Christ, Christ our Passover, sacrifice for us. His death, burial, and resurrection, that is, fulfilled the first three feasts of the Lord. Not Feast of Israel, not the, the Feast of the Church, but the Feast of the Lord. There's no way to eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood except through the Feast of the Lord. These are the Feast of the Lord, or Moed, or divine appointments of God with man. He shows his calendar, letting us see the seasons of God. Now, no man knows the day or the hour of Jesus' coming. However, it is given to us to know the times and the seasons which God has put in his own power. We see that in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 1. We're children of the day that it will not overtake us as a thief in the night. The children of the night will come upon them as a thief in the night and sudden destruction will come upon them. But before then, there is a great work. In Acts 3.21, it talks about Jesus, whom the heavens must receive until the times of the restitution or restoration of all things. All things are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And it's by that faith that the elders obtained a good report. Jesus in the Gospel said, "I have many things to tell you, disciples, but you're not able to bear them now." Now they had walked with Jesus three and a half years. Remember, Jesus said uh, He's going to confirm the covenant with many for one week, one sh- not what not a shabbat, but a heptad, seven years. But He was cut off in the midst of the week, but not for Himself. And who shall declare His generation? That generation that should be counted for the seed. Just as in Matthew 1. There's 42 generations. And there are three different levels there. 14 the number of salvation in Bible numerics. From Abraham to David, 14 generations. Then from David to the carrying away into Babylon, 14 generations. Then from the carrying away into Babylon unto Jesus, There is 13 generations, or the 41st generation. Then, who is called Christ is the 42nd generation. That's not a mistake. It lets us know that the Christ generation will fulfill Jesus' ministry in the work of the ministry that he is preparing us for now in the body of Christ. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come into the unity of the faith unto the knowledge of the Son of God, not knowing Him after the Spirit and not after the flesh, but an epigonosco, not just having Christ in you, the hope of glory, being filled with the Holy Ghost, but it is a higher glory coming to the image of Jesus Christ, Epigonosco, the highest glory of Jesus that we will receive on this side of glory. Unto a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ. That growing up into him in all things, that's the things of faith, that Jesus said, even to his disciples that had walked with him for three and a half years. I have many things to tell you disciples, but you're not able to bear them now. And he talked about how would we receive it? He said, but I'll pray the Father send you another comfort of the Holy Ghost. And he will speak of me for all that the Father has given is given unto me and will show you things. Those are the things of faith that must shortly come to pass. We see that Paul stating the same thing: I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart the things that God hath prepared for them that love Him. But it is revealed by the Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. The deep calleth unto the deep, and the water spouts answer. That is a whirlwind of the water going up to heaven and that requires us to have the wings of on the wind of doctrine to understand these things of faith in these last days this we were earnestly to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints we're going from a Pentecostal glory that of a woman to that of a man child that of a man No more being a baby. No more uh, just being a little child and being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, but growing up into Him in all things, not partial truth, but in all truth. Not being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Being established in Jesus Christ. The things that God is revealing now, is the revelation of Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist, Jesus Christ. In Revelation 1, verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him, John, to show unto his servants, the body of Christ, things. There's those things of faith. There's the things that we are earnestly could contend for. The things that, be shown to his servants things, this things of faith which must shortly come to pass. He sent and signified it. That's a sign, that's a sealing, that after you've received the word of God, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of a promise until the day of redemption. But it is through the word. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. We have to receive the word in the proceeding word of God in throne room revelation in present truth. That's the reason Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. For the path of the justice that's a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. What is the work of the ministry? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is a Jesus ministry. It's a three and a half year. Time, times and a half. 42 month, 1,203 score days of the Jesus ministry fulfilling his week. So there remains another three and one half year work of the ministry. It's a strange work in Isaiah 28 and bring it to pass his act, his strange act. Don't mock it unless your bands be made strong. For I've heard of the Lord of hosts, a consumption decreed upon the whole earth. But the consumption decree does not destroy all mankind. The consumption decree will overflow in righteousness, that all will know him from the least to the greatest. For the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. This work, the work of the ministry, is what God is preparing the body of Christ for now. It will be in the unity of the faith. Somebody said, well, that would be impossible with all the denominations on the face of the earth. It's impossible with man. But with God, all things are possible. To him that believeth, all things are possible. And he will do this work. He will draw his people out of the various denominations. Be it fundamental, be it Pentecostal, be it holiness, be it whatever. God will bring his people out into one, into the deep things of God. Notice that the man That is considered a wise man. Jesus said, I'll consider him to be a wise man who dig deep, not just on the surface, but dig deep and founded a rock. And then he built his house upon that rock. Then when the rain came, the winds blew and the flood beat against that house, it stood because it was founded upon a rock. In that rock are all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's hid. This is the hidden manna that God is revealing to his body now for those that have an ear to hear. We've been taught through the external church in the world that all you do is believe on Jesus and you're saved. You don't have to do any obedience You don't have works that accompany salvation. You just believe on Jesus and and believe in the pan out doctrine and it'll all pan out. But that's not what Jesus said. He said the time is coming and now is when those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. The voice of the Son of God is the word of God in present truth. We must know For the revelation of Jesus that God gave unto John on the Isle of Patmos, somewhere in the neighborhood of 92 A.D., some say 95 A.D., but certainly well after Titus, son of Vespasian, had destroyed and sacked Jerusalem in 70 A.D. That spoke of another time. In Hebrews 4, Paul said, Take heed lest a promise a singular promise, slip any of you that you should seem to come short of entering into his rest. For Jesus had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day. For there remaineth a rest to the people of God. He that's entered into his rest has ceased from his own labors. This is a time that it will be 100% in the deep things of God, in the final sealing of the servants of God in their forehead, having the mind of Christ, not being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Now, if you've been following these podcasts, you know that there are three levels of glory, three different levels of sealings, simply by believing the word and obeying it. Even those that... uh, receive the Word of God, must obey that truth. In Romans 6 it says, Whosoever whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are the servants to whom you obey. Somebody said, I've got the Holy Ghost. Yes, but it requires obedience. And those that obey, though the Holy Ghost is given to them that obey Him. Obedience is required. That is something that the church world has dropped in sanctification. Sanctify, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. As they well, There's nothing you do, just sit on a church pew, uh, give tithes of all you possess, fast twice a week, and you're okay. But that's just not the case. The ones that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches are the things of faith. Jesus said, these things saith the Son of God. To each church at Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamon, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. These things saith the amen. These things. These things are the things of faith. And uh, they are to the church to find their works. Jesus, to find our works perfect. Sardis, he said, I have not found your works perfect. Jesus is looking for perfect works. And that is faith perfected. Patience let patience have her perfect work. So we're going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Now, in this broadcast, this podcast, we're going to be speaking of the sealing of the servants of God in their forehead and what it means. Now, to clarify, there are three different levels of glory, growth stages in the body of Christ. The first one is going from babies Unto little children. You see that in 1 John 2 12 14. We find Paul talking about the babies in Hebrews 5, speaking of Melchizedek. Melek, king, Zadok, righteous. Melchizedek is that king priest that met Abraham and gave him bread and wine. In the last days, it's that that priesthood. This is after the order of Melchizedek and not after Levi. This Melchizedek ministry, those that are in Christ will experience his divine nature. These exceedingly great and precious promises given to each one of us whereby we can escape the corruption of the world through lust that we might be made partakers of his divine nature, not ours, his, his power, his glory, his kingdom, his divine nature in the order of Melchizedek. This order of Melchizedek is made like unto the Son of God in Hebrews 7. But Paul, trying to bring this truth to the Hebrews in chapter 5, said these things are hard, the things of faith, these things are hard to be uttered seeing that you are dull of hearing. Why were they dull of hearing? Because, he said, you are babies. When you ought to be teachers, you have need again to be taught the first principles of the oracles of God. You are not full grown. You're not fully mature. You're not weaned from the milk. Babies are unskillful in the word of righteousness. But he that's weaned from the milk, that is a full age, have their senses exercised thereby to discern both good from evil. In Isaiah 7, we see that this is butter and honey shall everyone eat that is left in the land to know to refuse the evil and choose the good. Butter, Butter is the fatness of the word, and honey is the revelation, the brightness the eyes being opened of the Word. And we're going to see four living creatures in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5 that are the living creatures of Zoe, which are four beasts, lion, calf, man, and eagle. We've been taught that these are angels guarding the tree of life. No, they're not angels. They have an appearance of a man. We see that in Ezekiel 1. They come out of the fire enfolding itself. These are the ones that have came out of this great tribulation, this persecution tribulations for his name's sake. They've endured these persecution tribulations that they might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God. Their faith groweth exceedingly and the charity of every one of them abounding one toward another in 2 Thessalonians 1. The sealing of their is that of little children to begin with, their newborn babes, their little children. In 1 John 2, 12 through 14, John said, I write unto you little children. Now he's gonna write to all the body of Christ. He said, I'll write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven for his namesake and you've known the Father. There's two criteria there for that sealing of little children. It's according to the birth. You'll see this in the garments of glory and beauty in Exodus 28. The garments of glory and beauty upon the shoulders of the high priest will be two onyx stones. On each of the two onyx stones on the high priest's shoulder will be the names of the tribes of Israel. According to the birth. Notice it will be an engraving of an engraver. That's a ceiling. To engrave. It's an engraving of a signet. This is where the angel signified it to John. In Exodus 28, he said he signified it. It was an engraving of a signet, a sign, a loftal. And that was according to birth. And it states that on the onyx zones, which means to blanch or make white. It started with the tribes according to the birth. Reuben was first. And it goes on in that order. Sixth on each of the onyx stones of the high priest, according to the birth. And this is an engraving of an engraver. And the engraving of a sign. That was the first sealing. That is an essential for the high priest. Then we go to the next step, the stage of glory. The next stage of glory, the next state of glory is that of young men. We find in 1 John 2, 12-14, I write in you little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, that's according to the birth, and you've known the Father. You know that Jesus is the Father. Now we're going to focus on that in this podcast because if we don't get this ceiling right, if we don't get this foundation right, then all the other things that we build upon this foundation will not matter. It will all come to naught. It'll be vanity and vexation of spirit. We must watch how we build upon this foundation, but we must have the right foundation. That is imperative. That's essential for salvation. We can't just haphazardly go along and say, I believe in Jesus. Well, who is this Jesus. Well, I don't know, but it doesn't make any difference. You know, how I believe or what faith that I, uh, or denomination that I go to, doesn't really matter. Oh, yes, it does. The Word of God is going to stand in judgment in that day. And the books will be open, and uh, that other book, the Book of Life, and that Word of God, the Biblion, and we'll be judged out of the things written in that book at the white throne judgment of Jesus, of where we will all appear, It is imperative that we have the right foundation. And then Paul speaking to the church at Colossia in the second chapter said, let no man deceive you by any means through the rudiments of this world, through this vain philosophy, through this tradition of the elders that's made the word of God in an effect. That's the rudiments of men. It seems right to a man but the end thereof are the ways of death and not after Christ as you have received Christ. We're going to focus on that sealing of birth according to the birth. You little children and you've known the Father. If you'll take a look with me, this is going to be ceilings there, little children to young men to Father's we're focusing on to make sure we've got the right foundation. We certainly don't want to know all the things for young men and the word of God and miss the foundation and fall into an antichrist and a deceiver. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, but we have to watch how we build our own. Quickly, as we take a look at the word of God, it says, I run to you little children because your sins of forgiveness for his name's sake and you've known the Father. You know that Jesus is the Father of glory, not Father Junior, not God Junior, not Jehovah Junior. He is Jehovah. We believe in the name of the Son of God. Jehovah is salvation. He is the Lord. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I and my Father one, John 10, 30. Jesus said in John 8, 24, Except you believe that I am he, the Father of glory, you shall die in your sins. This they understood not. He spake of them of the Father. They still don't understand today. That revelation is essential. Christ, to understand Christ and to be taught Christ, then it's a mystery. It's a mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Somebody said, do I really have to know this mystery? Yes, we do. Because it said, let no man deceive you by any means in Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. Because there will be all kinds of false prophets saying they're Christ, saying they're the anointed. And shall deceive many. The deception will be doctrines of devils and uh, uh, seducing spirits. Spoken of uh, in 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. Paul told Timothy that the Spirit expreeth, speaketh expressly then in the latter days, some shall depart from the faith. Not all, but some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry abstaining from meats which God has sanctified by the word of God in prayer. He warns of this time. There's spots in your feast of charity. Feast of charity is not the feast of Passover and bread, first fruits of weeks, but going on unto perfection. Charity is the final state of glory. It's when that which is perfect has come, that charity, then all these things which are important will be done away with. Charity will cover a multitude of sins. Charity is not love. Charity is the love of God based in His word doing His will. For me to have charity, I must obey this word of God and be approved of him and my works perfect. Just as he told in Revelation 3, Sardius, I have not found your works perfect. I have somewhat against you. Now we, just as in Ephesus, must repent and do our first works over lest he removes the candlestick out of its place. That means there'll be no light. So it's very important that we give heed to the word of God. Now the oath to the tribes, what shall befall thy people in the latter days. The various sealing and various growth of uh, faith to faith from glory to glory are now taking place. God's calling his people out of denominations into one body. Why? Because uh, man-made doctrine and tradition of the elders have made the word of God to none effect. It's diluted the word of God. There's a great glory for each member in the body of Christ to experience in the last day revelation of Jesus, in the work of the ministry that you are called for. If you're born again, if you are in Christ, and the spirit of Christ, the spirit that dwelleth in Christ, also dwells in you, as you're quicker to make alive your mortal body. Any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Regardless of what anyone has told us, it takes obedience to the word. Now with that said, with three different levels, we go from babies where we're unskillful in the word of righteousness, and to little children. I'm writing you little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake and you've known the Father. That is a ceiling. That is a state of glory. That you have, in, having obeyed the word of God, you've repented and been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, born of the water. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. That promises unto you, your children and many far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. Well, now you're born again. But you don't sit down. Woe be unto them that are at ease in Zion. We keep going. Where are you going? To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You have to earnestly contend for that faith that was once delivered to the saints. Then it says that I've written to you, little children, because you've known the Father. That's John's epistle, 1 John 2, 12 through 14. And you've known the Father. You know that Jesus is the Father. How do you know the Father? Because Jesus Christ is the Father revealed. The Son of God is the Father revealed. He is the image of the invisible God. I said, well, do we really have to have that revelation? I mean, I just believe on Jesus. I think I'm saved. Oh, friend. He said, except you believe that I am He, you shall die in your sins. John 8, 24, speaking of the Father. Jesus is that Father revealed. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. John 14, how sayest thou then? Show us the Father. Believe me that I am in my Father, my Father in me, or else believe me for the work's sake. What works? He said, the works that I do, I do nothing in myself but the Father that dwelleth in me. He's doing the works. He's healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils. Opening blind eyes, loose the dumb thung, the lame walk, and going free. The Father's doing that. The words that Jesus said, the words that I speak are not mine, but the Father that dwelleth in me, houses permanently in me. He's the one doing the works. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well the little children know he's the father but Christ in that revelation of Christ in you is for you to grow up into him being led and guided into all truth by Christ the holy ghost the spirit of god in you take heed to yourselves and over all the, over all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. Acts twenty We're to grow up into him in all things unto a perfect man. Somebody said, where do we get that from? For whom he did foreknow them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Not something less. Not backbiting any strife hate that John that Paul told the church uh, at Corinth, are you still not yet carnal? To be carnally minded is death. Well, they had the Spirit of God, yes. But if you don't obey the Spirit of God and are carnally minded, to be carnally minded is death. A carnal mind is, you got the Spirit of God, but you don't obey it. In Romans 6, it said, whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are the servants to whom you obey whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness, yielding holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. It requires obedience. So you show me your faith without your works. James said, I'll show you my faith by my works. Can faith alone save you? No. Faith, let works have that perfect work. Jesus said uh, that works Keep thy works uh, in Revelation 2. The works there accompany salvation. Their works and let patience have her perfect work. You add to your faith virtue. Virtue, knowledge. Knowledge, temperance. Temperance, patience. Patience, godliness. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Well, that's a mystery of godliness. And notice that's a little G in 1 Timothy 3.16. What is that? Well, it is godliness, which is the God life. You can't live the God life without Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the mystery of godliness. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, who is this Christ? Now, on the revelation of Christ, the mystery of God and the Father of Christ in Him, in whom are hid. All treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let no man deceive you, as that you have been taught Christ. For in him dwelleth, houses permanently, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, one body. Now in the volume of the book, is written to me, I come to do thy will, O God, for a body thou hast prepared me. Many people think that's two different people, two different persons. God the Father, God the Son. No. Never first him is God the Son. It's the Son of God. Why? Because the Son of God is the Father revealed. The of God is in a body of flesh and blood. That which is born of thee is of the Holy Ghost, Mary. The Son is the same spirit as the Father. Therefore, in that fullness of time, God sent forth his Son. How? Not telling the Father, telling the Son, go down and die for the sin of the world? Galatians 4 verse 4 tells us how he sent his son. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How? Made of a woman. Made in under the law, not above the law, and under the law. He's one of us. For as much then as the children are protectors of flesh and blood, he, God himself also likewise, took part of the same. Then in all things, he was made like unto his brother. Hebrews 4 15, 10 at all points, like we are yet without sin. So, Christ, first and foremost, is that Spirit. We see that in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. That the Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit, capital S, God is the Spirit, the Spirit of Christ that was in them. Christ is that Spirit. Christ is the Father. Christ is that Holy Ghost. Christ is that Holy Spirit. Christ is God. Christ is the Lord Jehovah El Shaddai, Almighty God. That Spirit of Christ that was in them when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ. So that means Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, 14 minor prophets all the way to Malachi spake by the Spirit of Christ that was in them. Christ is that Spirit, first and foremost. Now, that is the foundation of the church. Somebody said, well, I just thought Christ was just a man. He died for us, and then he became the Son of God, uh, declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection of the dead. You have some that don't even believe in the deity of the Son of God, that Jesus just had the Father dwelling in him, Christ, uh, there that christ was just a man no christ first and foremost is that spirit that's the reason jesus said for abraham was i am and rejoiced abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it he is that i am that i am that is the spirit christ almighty god the lord jehovah but he spoke when they prophesied beforehand of the sufferings of christ Not Christ, Jr., but Christ, God himself, is going to make him a body of flesh and blood. As we focus on Christ and why it's so important, before we go to the other ceilings, that if we miss this, it's over. There will be no salvation. We're going from little children, and those little children have their sins forgiven for his namesake, And they've known the Father. They have that revelation. Jesus is the Father. He's not Father Junior. He's not God Junior. He's not the second person of the Godhead. He is God. He is the Father of glory. We see that stated by Isaiah Isaiah 9, verse 5. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall rest upon his shoulder singular shoulder. The government of God is the cross. That is the cross that Jesus paid the price and shed his blood on Golgotha. Calvary. That government rests upon his shoulder. The name is who is who he is. It denotes his character. It denotes his manifest. Who is he? And his name shall be called Wonderful. Only used of God full of wonder, wonderful counselor, the mighty God, not the mighty Son of God, Isaiah 9, 6, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. Oh, no, he's the everlasting Son. No, the Son has a beginning, just like Jesus said, the things concerning me have an end. My Father's greater than I. He's speaking in the, day, in the days of his flesh. God himself made himself of no reputation, that's Philippians 2, 6 through 8, telling you exactly how God works salvation in and of himself alone. Jesus, who being in the form of God, Spirit. He thought it not robbery to be equal to God. Nobody's equal to God except God Himself in all his attributes: love, power, wisdom, understanding, prudence, etc., etc. All the majesty of his attributes are all equal and they all stand alone as attributes. That's the reason in Proverbs 8, it says I wisdom was daily his delights using a single per- singular personal pronoun. I wisdom. I dwell with prudence. That's another under- another, uh, 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 attribute of God. Understanding I uh, daily was his delight. Well, Wisdom is not a separate God. It's an attribute of that one God, Jesus, the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty. With me is understanding. Well, understanding is another attribute of God. Jeremiah 51, 15, he used three attributes. Power, wisdom, and understanding created the heaven and the earth. Those are three different attributes, not three different gods. Somebody said, well, is this so... Necessary for us to know the truth of who He is. Of course, it is, because you've known the Father. The sealing of the little children requires that you are born again, your sins are forgiven for His namesake, and you've known the Father. 1 John two twelve through fourteen. You have to know that Jesus is the Father, and Jesus stated there in John eight twenty four. Except you believe that I am He, the Father of glory, you shall die in your sins. That revelation is required. Then to go on to young men, it means the Word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. The Word of God is strong in you. Who is the Word? Jesus is the Word, He is that Father of glory. The Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost, three, three, and one. 1 John 5, 7. There's three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. Then we said, well, there's still three there. Yeah, three attributes, three different manifestations of that one spirit. Father is the administrative office of the one spirit of God. The Word is the exact same spirit, but in a different function. The Word is... Is the thought, plan, purpose, and will of God and the expression office of that same spirit. The Holy Ghost is the power office of that same exact spirit. There are not three different there. Somebody said, Well, I thought it's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. No. The Son is the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. God manifests in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3:16. God was manifest in Christ. That manifesto is all that God is, was revealed in Christ Jesus. For example, if you go to a captain of a ship and it lands in harbor and you walk to the captain and say, I want to see your manifesto. I want to see what is manifest, your manifest for this ship. It's going to give you all the cargo, everything in the inventory on that ship, the manifest. Well, everything God is god was manifest not manifested manifest his manifesto was uh, was manifest what in flesh grace and truth came by jesus christ he is uh, that spirit god was god was manifest in the flesh first Timothy 316 justified in the spirit seen of angels preaching to the gentiles believed on in the world received up into glory God himself was. He was. Now, we are in Christ's stead. He said, uh, now, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Now, we pray you in Christ's stead and has given us the word, the ministry of reconciliation. Now, we are our ambassadors for Christ. While Jesus was in the world, he's the light of the world. But he said, now you, Speedy and I, go away, for I go not away, the comforter, the Holy Ghost will not come. While Jesus was in the world, he said, I'll pray the Father send you another comforter whom the world cannot receive, because it saith him not, and neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Well, Jesus spoke that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given. Why? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. The man laid aside his glory, made himself of no reputation, Philippians 2, 6, to become one of us. Why? Because he had to have a man. A man lost it only a man can redeem us back. That's Romans 5. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. As the offenses of one, so also the free gift is of one. What? One man. God had to have a man to redeem us. He looked for a man. He was amazed he could find none. All his sinned come short of the glory of God. None good, no, not one. All was conceived in sin, shaping iniquity. Therefore, he said, my own arm brought salvation to myself. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Well, God is Christ. Yes, Christ was in Christ, <laughs> reconciling the world to himself. That's exactly right. You find that in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. Who is born in the city of David? Christ the Lord. Emmanuel, God with us. Christ is that spirit. The Lord is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. Manifest in flesh. There is Emmanuel, God with us. Now he's one of us. Made it under the law. And what the law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh. God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Romans 8, 3. That's God. God Almighty. Not God Jr. He is the everlasting Father. Revealed. He's the image of His singular person. Hebrews 1, verse 1 through 3. Jesus is the name of the Father. Because He said in John uh, 543, Father, I've manifested your name. John 17, Father, I've manifested your name. Keep through thine own name those that thou hast given me. I've lost none, saying, The son of, son of perdition, as the scripture might be fulfilled. I've manifested your name. Here in John 543, he said, I'm coming my father's name. He's coming in Jerusalem on the coat of the of an ass and said, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. What is the name of the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty? Jesus. Somebody said, well, I don't think that's necessary for salvation. Of course it is. Jesus said so. The revelation of Jesus is that he is God manifest in the flesh. There in, in the revelation of Jesus Christ going from Little children that sins are forgiven for his name's sake and they've known the Father. They know that he is the Father of glory. Then they go to the word of God. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. That ceiling there of young men is another glory going from glory to glory. Even as by the Spirit. Well, young men, I write to you, young men, because the Word of God is strong in you. To do the will of God, you have to get into the Word of God. And that's the reason why, in Romans 12, 1, Paul states, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you is. For it's God that worketh in you, both the will and do of His good pleasure. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. So the quest for life is to know the will of God and obey it and do it. That's young men. Then there are fathers, and that's the final ceiling, having the mind of Christ in their forehead, going up into fathers, into Him, which is the head of us all, which is the head, the body of Christ being not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, but growing up into him in all things. And that's him that's from the beginning. I'll write to you fathers because you've known him that's from the beginning. That's the word, but having the mind of Christ in Revelation 7. Now, as we take a look at Habakkuk, very important that we see in the last days. Why is it so important that we don't miss any of these promises of God whereby we escape the corruption of the world through lust, that we might be made protectors of his divine nature. And Paul exhorted us, admonished us. Take heed lest a promise slip any of you. You should seem to come short of entering into his rest. Hebrews 4. Take a look at Habakkuk, or Habakkuk 3. And it says there that Jesus, as he... Uh, He said, revive the work in the midst of the years. God came from Teman and the Holy One from Mount Paran. Not the Holy Trinity. You'll never find Holy Trinity in the Word of God. We're going to speak some things here that are totally, totally different from the Word of God that the Protestant church has believed in the entire world for the most part. They have believed not only the Council of Nicaea, that God is three in Trinity, but also the Chalcedonian definition, even the oneness, have believed in the God-man, that on his father's side he is God, therefore son of God. On his mother's side he is human, therefore thus son of man, thus the God-man. And that is a lie. There's no such thing as a God-man. A man is a man, and God is God. That which is flesh is flesh, and that which is spirit is spirit. Now, hang in there with me, because we're going to see that it is not a Trinity doctrine, a Bionetarian doctrine of Tunis, or a Oneness doctrine, but a Jesus-only doctrine of Christ, which is essential for that first sealing <laughs> That is essential before you go to that of young men and fathers. If we miss that, we miss it all. And this will be according to the oath to the tribes, what shall befall God's people in the last days. It's the Holy One. Even the devils believe in one God and tremble, said, Jesus, we know thee, who thou art, that the Holy One of Israel. The Holy One is not a holy trinity. Somebody said, well, it's inferred. No, it's not. Holy one means one. Somebody said, well, here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and that's the greatest commandment in Mark 12, 29. Yes, it is. First commandment of all. Hebrews 6, 4, the Shema. Right upon the frontlets of your door, the mezuzah, this commandment of God, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. They say that one is Echad, which is a compound unity. No, it's not. One means one. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. I don't care if you go Yaquid, being one, the so unique one, or you go Ikad, one. One means one. If you go the Alaph, one means one. There are not two, three in one. They're one. Now, all the different attributes of God are one. The Father The Word, the Holy Ghost, these three are one. They're just different offices. He's telling you that the Father, Word, Holy Ghost, Son of God, Son of Man, these are but one spirit. The Father's administrative office of that one spirit. Everything that comes through, what the Father, what does the Holy Ghost hear? What the Father says. But it's the same exact spirit. Does God think with himself? Of course he does. So Jesus said, what the Holy Ghost hear." He will declare in you and speak of me and show you things which will come to pass. Well, the Holy Ghost is the power office of God. I have that Holy Ghost, but that doesn't mean that I automatically know all things. I have to get into the Word. That's a different office. I have the Holy Ghost. If you as a believer have Christ in you, you have that Holy Ghost or that Holy Spirit of promise to lead you and guide you, but you've got to get into the Word. The Word there is the thought, plan, purpose, and will of God. That's a different office, not a different spirit. It's the thought, plan, purpose, and will of God, which you get into the word and sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You have to get into the word of God. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your body in a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, and be not conformed to this world, but ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to get into the word. That's not a separate spirit. The Holy Ghost... That's a promise of the Father. Father's that Spirit. Well, son, which you've heard of me, Jesus said. The Lord Jesus is that Spirit. Galatians four six. God has sent forth the Spirit, singular Spirit, of His Son into our hearts, whereby we cry out, a Father. Why? It's one of the self same Spirit. The Son of God is the redemption office of that one Spirit. There's one body, one Spirit. There's not two spirits. or Spirit Junior. There's one spirit, but one spirit. The Son of Man, that's the kingdom office of that one spirit. Jesus the head, we the body of the Christ. Every office of God is that one spirit. There is only one spirit of God. But the world, there through the tradition of men in the Council of Nicaea, the Chalcedonian definition has gone to a trinity or Binatarian, or a oneness doctrine thing. He's a God man. When Jesus walked on the water, he was God. Whenever he was worried with his journey, he's a man. No. He was a man just like us whenever he made himself of no reputation. Philippians 2.6 He became one of us. God sent forth his son made of a woman, made in under the law to redeem us that were under the law. He had to have a man. God looked for a man, couldn't find one. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation to himself. God made him a body of flesh and blood. How did he do that? He didn't cease and desist from being God. Jesus, who being in the form of God, made himself, God himself, a spirit of no reputation, he laid aside his glory. A self-imposed limitation upon his spirit that he will not work as a spirit, but took upon him the form. He took upon his spirit the form of a servant. Somebody said, well, that's certainly too there. No, it's not. He made himself of no reputation, that spirit, and took upon that spirit the form of a servant. Philippians 2.6. Who is that servant? Well, Isaiah 43.10 tells you Thus saith the Lord, at capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. Somebody say, well, that's certainly two. No, it's one. That you may know and believe me and understand. Don't believe denominations. Don't believe bishops or apostles or whatever. Believe God. That you may know and believe me and understand. Thus saith the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, that spirit, only one spirit of God, and my servant whom I have chosen. That servant is what? Made in the likeness of men. Philippians 2.6. Took upon him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man. God found in fashion as a man. Thus saith the Lord, Isaiah 43.10. The Lord Jehovah God Almighty, and my servant whom I have chosen, that man, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. God formed himself and took on the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. Why? to work salvation in and of himself alone. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Who is born in the city of David? Christ the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. And there, Mary, you're going to birth a son, and he shall be called the son of the highest. And he's, you call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Jesus is Jehovah is salvation, not Jehovah Jr., we believe in the name of the Son of God. The Father revealed. The name of the Father is Jesus. My God has become my salvation. You find that in Isaiah 43.10. Thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand. Not some denomination. Not some self-proclaimed prophet out there. That you may know and believe me. Believe God and understand that I am He. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. God formed himself, a body, flesh, and blood, and progressively glorified it back to himself, working salvation in and of himself alone. That's the mystery of godliness. God was in Christ, reconciling the world into himself. Christ is God. How do you know? Because it said so. 1 Peter 1, verse 10, 11, that the Old Testament prophets... Search diligently into the grace that should come unto us. Searching what or what manner of time. The spirit of Christ. Christ is that spirit. Now, for that sealing. When God takes a look. That we should be grown up into him in all things. Going on unto to perfection. Hebrews 6. Leaving, therefore, the first principles of the oracles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God. The doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of the hands and of the resurrection and eternal judgment. And this will we do, if God permit, let us go on into perfection. He gave the fivefold apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Before he, whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. And those that he predestinated, them he called. Them that he called he justified. Them that he justified, he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's our call. That's a high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There in Habakkuk, the third chapter, It says there that this Holy One come from Paran. Not a Holy Trinity, a Holy One. Selah. His glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of His praise. His brightness was as a light and his had horns coming out of His hand and there was a hiding of His power. Before Him went the pestilence. We're seeing that now. Somebody said, well that's that's earthly. God says I have my way in the wind and in the whirlwind. I kill, I make alive. Shall there be evil in the city? Now the Lord God has not done it. We'll go to that in Deuteronomy 32 in just a minute. God and his sovereignty has his way. Burning coals went forth at his feet. And we're going to see we're the feet generation. He's the head. We are the body of the Christ and we are the feet generation. He stood and measured the earth and behold and drove us under the nations. And the everlasting mountains were scattered. Perpetual hills hills did bow. His ways are everlasting. I saw the tents of Cushan in affliction. And the curtains of the land of Midian did tremble. Was the Lord displeased against the rivers? Was thine anger against the rivers? Was thy wrath against the sea that thou didst ride upon thine horses? And thou chariots of salvation? Thy bow was made quite naked. According to the oath of the tribes, even thy word, Selah. Thou did cleave the earth with rivers. The mountains saw thee. They trembled. The overflowing of the water passed by. That is the work of a strange work Bring to pass his act. His strange act, the overflowing scourge, has surprised the hypocrite. Don't be surprised. Know the work of God. The deep uttered his voice. The deep calleth unto the deep now. Who has an ear to hear? And God answers by, he answers you through the water spouts. That is a whirlwind of the water going up to heaven. But you have to have the winds of the wings of doctrine, that wind to ride upon the, the that wings to ride upon the wind of doctrine uh, to get that sealing of God going up and into the heavenly realm before the throne of God, the man-child that will come to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. He said that deep uttered his voice. Are we hearing the voice of God? The time is coming, and now is when those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. These things saith he that hath the seven spirits. These things saith he that was dead and is life forevermore. These things saith the Son of God. These things saith the uh, he that hath the seven stars. Every one of the churches of the sevenfold churches in Revelation Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamon Thyatira, Sardius, Philadelphia, and Laodicea these things saith. That's the present truth of the word of God that we must hear and obey the words of the book of this prophecy. Now he talked there and we're focusing on that the bow was made quite naked. It was revealed in all the world, the judgments of God, according to the oaths of the tribes. Now, we're going to go to the oaths. I'm going to cover the Song of Moses very briefly. Then the next podcast, we'll get into the Song of Moses and the Song of the Lamb and why he changed the battle order of the tribes in in Exodus 28, of the high priest, and changed them in, according to Jacob, in Genesis 49, according to Moses, in Deuteronomy 32 and 33, and then changed them again after the final sealing of Revelation 7, of his servants in their foreheads. Why did he change the order of the tribes? Because it gives us the work of the ministry according to the tribes. What shall befall thy people in the last days? According to, upon thy word, according to the tribes. As we go to Deuteronomy 32, this is the song of Moses. And Moses, and you're going to write this song as a witness to them against the people of God in the last days. The Song of Moses starts at Exodus fifteen. It starts at Exodus fifteen after they cross the Reed Sea, the Red Sea. It's the beginning of your walk in God. You've come up out of Egypt. You come up out of Egypt through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And how did you apply that feast of Passover? You repented. How did you apply that feast of unleavened bread? You were buried with Jesus in baptism, that the body of the flesh of the sin might be destroyed. Then how do you come into the feast of first fruits? Jesus raised from the dead. So also you are raised from the dead through the operation? The operation in the faith and the operation of God when he raised him from the dead, and you become a new creature with Christ Jesus. How did you do that? You repented and you were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, buried with him in baptism, raised in the newness of life. That is, you've you've eaten of and partaken of three feasts of the Lord. Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits in the first season of Passover. Now, you next thing, you are filled with that Holy Spirit of promise, the Holy Ghost. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, now you're born of the Spirit. You've partaken of four feasts. Somebody said, Well, I've got the Spirit of God, but I wasn't baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, then you never were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The name of the Father is Jesus. John 5 43, uh, John 17, Jesus coming into Jerusalem on the coach the fowl of an ass. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, the name of the body. The whole body in heaven and in earth is named the name Jesus. You have to take on the name, invoke the name. Paul, everyone, Acts 238, Acts 16, Acts 19, Acts 10, all were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Paul. There he saw the Lord on the Damascus Road. And as he did, he said, Who art thou, Lord? Who art thou, Lord Jehovah God Almighty? I am Jesus. It's hard for you, Paul, Saul, to kick against the pricks. It's hard to kick against the point of a plow. At that point, Paul had seen that great light, had the revelation of the name Jesus. He knew the name of God Almighty was Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. He is that light. He is that spirit. And he was blinded, and he was told that he would be a witness unto the Lord, there for an example of long sufferings, and what things he must go through for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's a man that has seen God, knows the revelation of Jesus that he is the Father of glory, he is the Lord Jehovah, he knows his call, and he's blinded and he's healed from his blindness by an eyes, and still his sins are still remaining. Because Ananias said, he sent us to, to, to Paul, Receive thy sight, brother Saul. And Paul was healed that very hour, that same, same hour. And then, notice Ananias said, Why tarriest thou Saul? Arise, be baptized, washing away your sins, calling upon the name of the Lord. Why call upon the name of the Lord? Because it's only in baptism that the body of the sins of the flesh are destroyed. Through faith in the operation of God that raised him from the dead. At circumcision made without hands, that the body of the sins of the flesh might be destroyed by baptism. Colossians two twelve, Romans six, one through four, Acts uh, uh two, twenty eight, twenty nine. I mean Romans two, twenty eight and twenty nine. I said Acts I meant Romans. There is no other way. Somebody said, well, I was baptized from the Son of the Holy Ghost. Well, then, you did not take on the name. You were baptized with the baptism of repentance. Just as in Acts 19, the brethren there, Paul came on certain brethren and said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, sir, we don't know whether to be any Holy Ghost. Paul said, other than what were you baptized? Well, what would baptism have to do with anything? They said, well, we were baptized unto John's. John the Baptist's baptism. He said, John truly did baptize with water of repentance. But Godly sorrow worketh work of repentance not to be repented of. Godly sorrow worketh work of repentance unto salvation. It's not salvation, but it'll get you there. Repentance and repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of your sins. That's born of the water. And you shall receive the gifts of the Holy Ghost. That's born of the Spirit. That is the only way to be born again. And then you have to know that He's the Father. First John two twelve through fourteen. I write you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and you've known the Father. You have to know He's the Father. With that revelation of Christ being the foundation of the church in Matthew 16, Peter, having the keys to the kingdom, spoke that, repent and be baptized everyone in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, born of the water, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. Now you obey the Spirit of God unto the next sealing, which is that of young men. Notice there in uh, the Song of Moses. We're talking about the judgment of God in the earth. And we see in the Deuteronomy 32nd chapter, Moses speaking a song. The Song of Moses started right there when you came up out of the world, came up out of Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, that's baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And then you receive the Holy Ghost. Then you start your journey through the wilderness. You're not in the promised land yet. You're made to sit together in heavenly places, but God's going going to try you to see what metal you're made of. That your faith may come forth as pure gold, that your faith will be tried as by fire. God gives you a revelation. Then it'll be tried by fire. And then it may come forth as pure gold. As you go from faith to faith, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, until you grow up into him in all things. It is very important to see in Deuteronomy 32, in the last day, that he rebukes the people. And this speaks to us in this time, because the Lord said in Deuteronomy 32, verse 29, Oh, that they were wise, That they understood this, that they would consider their latter end, the last day, end time, church. How should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight except their rock, capital R-O-C-K? That's Christ, the revelation of Christ, the foundation of the church had sold them, sold them. You're bought with a price. God will not. Yes. And the Lord had shut them up. <clears throat> Who did it? The Lord did. Why? Because you have a false revelation of Christ. It's an antichrist. Who is Christ? Christ is that spirit first and foremost. First, Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. The spirit of Christ that was in the Old Testament prophets. That's a capital S. That's the everlasting father. That's the mighty God. Christ is that spirit. But he made himself a body of flesh and blood. He is that God that made himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory, and took upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of man. Isaiah 43.10 tells us exactly who that servant is. Thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand, not not denominations, God himself, that I am he. Before me there was no God formed. God formed himself a body of flesh and blood in order to die on a cross for you to redeem us that were under the law. Then after he progressively glorified his own human and at the cross as he went to the cross, it says there that when he died he said, Father in thy hands I commend my spirit. While he's in the days of his flesh, he's one of us. He's showing us how to pray. He's showing us the way, the truth, and the life, our example. Because he laid us out his glory to work as a man. But who is that servant? It's God himself. He just laid us out his glory to work as a man. But then he progressively glorifies his own human back to himself, reconciling the world back into himself. And then when Christ dies on the cross, the man Christ not the Spirit, but the man Christ who dies on the cross. Then he takes the ordinances of that law that were contrary to us and nails it to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition, broke down the middle wall of the law, fulfilled it, fulfilled it in every area. Thereby, the twain, God and all mankind, making one new man. Who is that new man? That one, our forerunner has already entered in into that kingdom of God, into that throne of God. It's Jesus Christ. The forerunner's already entered in, making a way for us. But he's God. But he, as a man, worked salvation for us as a man. Not as a God-man, as a man. He worked as a man. We walked on the water. He walked on the water as a man through the Spirit of God. Just like we work, we work and work the works of God by believing on him whom he has sent. Then at the cross, he nails the ordinances of that law to this cross, breaking down that middle wall of partition, thereby the twain God and all mankind, making one new man. Who is that man? Matthew 28, 18, Jesus comes out of the tomb and said, All power in heaven and earth is given to me. That did not leave the Father powerless. Acts two thirty-six. Let all the house of Israel know assuredly that same Jesus whom you crucified, that man you crucified, God had made him both Lord and Christ. Well, how about John 2, when Jesus said, destroy this temple, in three days I will raise it up. You're going to raise up your own body, Jesus? They said, 46 years was this temple in building, and you're going to raise the temple up in three days? This understood not that Jesus spake of the temple of his body. And in three days, Jesus said, in three days, destroy this temple, destroy my body. In three days, I will raise it up. Jesus rose His own body of flesh and blood back up to Himself. Why? Because He is God that was reconciling the world unto Himself through glorifying His own human back to Himself. God was in Christ reconciling the world back unto Himself. There Jesus, that same Jesus whom you crucified, God hath made Him, that man, both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, And Christ, the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. That's right. The man glorified with the Father's own self and received that now which you do see and hear the Holy Ghost. The promise of the Father, the Spirit of God, which Jesus said, you've heard of me, the Spirit of the Son. One and the self, same Spirit. Not Spirit, Junior. Not second person of the Godhead. God himself. God has made that same Jesus whom you crucified, Acts 2.36, both Lord and Christ. Now Christ is in you. If you're a born-again believer and have been born of the water and spirit and receive the Holy Ghost, Christ is in you, the hope of glory. That's Jesus in you. 1 Timothy Timothy 6.15 and 16. Jesus Christ, the blessed and only potentate potentate is capitalized. That's the omnipotent Almighty God. Who is he? Jesus Christ. Who only hath immortality. That's a Jesus-only doctrine. Not a God-man. He was a man in the days of his flesh, but the Spirit had made itself of no reputation to work on our behalf as a man. God was literally glorifying his own human back to himself, For us to be our propitiation for our sins. To die in our stead. And that's the reason why in the days of his flesh he had to pray to the Father. He laid aside his glory. The law was still there. He's showing us how to be the way, truth, and life back to God in the days of his flesh because he had emptied out of glory made himself of no reputation only used one time in the word of God Philippians 2 6 to show us the way God his own arm working salvation for us by doing that Jesus said you've seen me you've seen the father The words that I speak are not mine. The Father that dwelleth in me, houses prominently in me, he's the one doing the works. But, as a man, he has to fulfill that law. The high priest doesn't take his office until age 30. Therefore, Jesus will not begin his ministry until age 30. That's Numbers 4. Because as a man, he's fulfilling his own law. Then as he fulfills the law, he, as a free will sacrifice, will have the option to lay it down for us if he desires. It's a free will sacrifice. He said, no man taketh my life from me. I freely lay it down. I have power to lay it down and I have power to receive it again. I can raise up my own body. This I have received from my Father. The words I speak are not mine, but the Father that dwelleth or houses permanently in me, permanently in me, he's the one doing the works. Believe me that I'm in my Father, Father in me, or else believe me for the work's sake. Jesus said, If I with the finger of God, not the finger of the Son of God, the finger of God cast out. That's a finger of God. If I with the finger of God cast out, devils know ye, the kingdom of God's come nigh to you. They took up stones to, to stone Jesus because he said, I and my father are one. We're one in the self, same spirit. And they took up up stones to to stone Jesus. He said, for why do you stone me? They said, for a good work we stone you not, but thou being a man, makest thyself God. Well, that's right. He is God manifest in the flesh. But he's glorifying his own human back to himself for us in our stead as the way, truth, and life. So when Jesus dies on that cross... He takes that law, of those ordinances, those ordinances of that law, nails it to his cross. He's fulfilled every point. Tempted all points like we are yet without sin. Breaks down that middle wall of partition. Thereby of the twain God and all mankind, making one new man. That's the reason why in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, it says that Jesus is that last Adam. Notice, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The second Adam, that man, second Adam, Jesus Christ, was made a quickening spirit. That's a small s. Why? Because that man died for you, and he is your salvation. And when he died on the cross, he said, Father, and I into thy hands, I commend my spirit. The human spirit of Jesus went to the spirit of God, and God made that man whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ, Acts two thirty-six. There is no other way. There is no other truth. There's no other life. There's no other God. Before him, no God was formed, neither shall be after him. That is Isaiah 43, 10. Only he is God. He's the Lord that redeemed you. He is God, your Savior. There's not another. Not a trinity. Notice here that he's telling us in the Song of Moses. Now you've gone through, you come through that Red Sea. You're born again. You've been repentant, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, have the Holy Ghost. You go through the wilderness journey. There, at the end, going over Jordan River to the Promised Land, the song of Moses is then sang again. It was sung the first time in Exodus fifteen when they come over the Jordan, over the Red Sea. But now they're at the Jordan River. These are bookends, if you will. The song of Moses is a progressive work. It's a shurah kahadash it began at the Red Sea after passing over and then ends at, at the Jordan River at Kadesh Barnea going over. And at that time, Moses is telling them, this is so important. He said, oh, that they were wise that they understood their latter end. How should one chase a thousand, two put ten thousand to flight, except their rock? Christ himself had sold them, and the Lord had shut them up. For their rock, their revelation of Christ, their rock is not our rock. That our rock, our rock is a capital R. Christ is that spirit. Most people believe that Christ is a man. A little R-O-C-K. Just a man. But when you capitalize that, that's deity. That rock is Christ. Upon this rock I'll build my church, Matthew 16, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But they have not so learned Christ. They didn't understand that Christ is that spirit that took on a body of flesh and blood as Christ revealed, the spirit revealed in a body of flesh, died, rose again, and made the way back, and Christ now has come to us. That's the reason. That same Jesus whom you crucified, God, hath made him that man, both Lord and Christ, the quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45, Acts 236. When you see that, for their rock, little small case, R O C K, they believe for Christ just a man, he is not our rock, capital R-O-C-K, God Almighty. That man is God Almighty. That man is God. Somebody said, no, he's not God. He's the Son of God. No, he is God Almighty. He is the Father of glory. Christ is that spirit. Now Christ is in you. Even our enemies themselves being judges. He goes on to tell us, for their vine is of the vine of Sodom. Oh, goodness. And of the fields of Gomorrah and got destroyed. Their grapes are grapes of gall. Their clusters are bitter. It's not the sweet wine of the Holy Ghost. Taking that, that word of God and being sweet, of your mouth is honey. Their wine, the wine speaks of uh, the truth of the word of God. Their wine is the poison of dragons. Notice he says dragons. The dragon is a serpent, the old scorpion, the devil himself. But he says dragons. Why? Because in the last days, we will fight against the old dragon, the serpent, the scorpion, the devil himself. But it's called a dragon there in Revelation 12. It is the full onslaught of Satan against the body of Christ. Their wine is the wine or poison of dragons and their cruel venom of asps. This is a church, but a false church. Babylon, mystery Babylon the Great, the mother, a false church, a mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Babylon says, I said, a queen, I am no widow. I'm married to Jesus, and I will see no sorrow, I will have no birth pangs. They don't realize they're going through great tribulation. For birth pains, for Jesus to come forth in the body of Christ. Full measure of the statue of Jesus unto a perfect man, and to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Is this not, you want the treasures of God? This is in Christ, in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now it's being revealed. What? Is not this laid up in store with me, saith God, and sealed up among my treasures? You've got to have that ceiling in your forehead. Not only as fathers or young men, but little children. If you miss that foundation, it's over. Somebody said, what are you saying? I'm saying there's no God Jr. There's no second person of the God yet. You have to confess that He is the Father of glory, except you believe that I am He, the Father, John eight twenty four, you will die in your sins. Now, uh, somebody said, well, What about we just said Jesus? They were many will come in my name, Jesus, and shall deceive many. You have to obey the truth. The Holy Ghost is given to them that obey him. Is this not laid up in store with me, saith God, and sealed up among my treasures? There's your sealing. It's all in Christ. All these treasures that we're speaking of in the sealing of God is Christ. Not us, but Christ. Christ in you. It's Christ that got you to young men. It's Christ that got you born again, babes. Christ got you to little children. The Holy Ghost in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Leading you and guiding you into all truth. Then you went to young men. The word of God strong in you. And you've overcome the wicked one. Then as fathers, you've known him this from the beginning. It's Christ working in you. Both the willing to do of his good pleasure, it's all in Christ. It's hidden in Christ. But you've got to have that revelation. To me belongeth vengeance and recompense, saith God. Their foot shall slide in due time for the day of their calamities at hand, and the things that come upon them make haste. For the Lord, why is this? Because the Lord's going to judge his people. Many say that they're in Christ and are not. Many say they're in the true church and are not. They're in Babylon thinking that they're safe, sanctified, and, are not, but have deceived and believed a lie. That's the reason why, for the Lord. What is the treasure? The Lord. Look at Deuteronomy 32:36. Underline it, neighbor. Get it in your, in your spirit. The Lord shall judge His people. Everybody knows that judgment begins at the house of God. And the righteous scarcely be saved. That means with difficulty, with tribulation, with persecution. Then where shall the end of the sinner and the ungodly appear? If this happens to the church, his body, this is going to prove who is real in God and who's not. They, it's going to separate the holy from the profane, righteous of, against the wicked, those that serve God versus those that do not serve God. It will be plainly manifest in the judgments of God for the Lord shall judge his people and repent himself for his servants, for the true servants of God, for the servants that have the seal of the living God in their forehead, Revelation 7. When he seeth, their power is gone. Not Holy Ghost's power. Their power. Because he that's entered into God's rest has ceased from their own labors. And there's none shut up or left. In other words, uh, their hand that they've done in the own power of their might is totally all the works that are there are burn up. And he shall say, watch what God says. He shall say, where are their gods? You got more than one. You got two. You got a three. You got a three. You got a bind. You, you got a oneness where he's a God man. God man. You have got two there. You're setting that man at the right hand of God in a, in a glorified state not realizing that in Revelation 3.21, he said, To him that overcomes, I grant to sit with me in my throne. That's a place I prepared for you, even as I am overcome. Now, that's where we sit, S-I-T, together in heavenly places. To sit in it. There's 20 and four seats in heaven for those seats are where we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, those that are in Christ. That's for us. I prepare a place for you. And him that overcometh, I grant to sit with me in my throne. God, uh, and the courses of uh, the priesthood are four and twenty seats. Why? Because that are the 420, four and twenty courses of the priesthood. Where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set. S-E-T, not S-I-T. S-E-T, set, a state of glory. Settled down with my father. Where? In his throne. Not beside it not around it. Somebody said, we got a mediator between the covenant, the man Christ Jesus. Yeah, who is that man? And Romans 8 tells you, 23 through 26, it says, that no man knows how he ought to pray. But the Spirit itself, here's your, maketh intercession for us. Who's making intercession for you? The Spirit itself. Jesus is that Spirit. He is the Lord. The Lord is that Spirit. Who is the Lord? Jesus is that Lord. He is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We all, with open face beholding as a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is the Spirit of the Son, Galatians four six, which is the Father of glory. Jesus being glorified with the Father's own self, John seventeen five. It is imperative. That we know this because he said, God will say, Where are their gods? Their rock, small R O C K. Their rock is that Christ that was just a man. It's a false Christ. It is only a man, not the rock, R O C K, small case. But their rock is not our rock. Our rock is capital R O C K. That's Christ the Spirit. Their rock, where their rock in whom they trusted. That's a false church, friend. That's a false Christ, which did eat the fat of their sacrifices. They went to church and sacrificed, gave tithes of all they possessed, fasted twice a week, set forth in the prosperity gospel, thinking they're saved, sanctified, and on their way to heaven. And lo, we'll not be able to enter into heaven itself because they did not do the will of the Father. They didn't do the will of Jesus. It says, Which did eat the fat of their sacrifices? they drank the wine of their drink offerings? And let them rise up and help you and be your protection. Let that God Jr. help you now. You didn't give me the glory due into my name. You didn't call me God Almighty. You didn't call me Lord Jehovah. And knee's gonna bow. And ever come, confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty. Not to the glory of the Son, to the glory of the Father. He went glorified with the Father's own self, John 17, 5. What is he going to do? Why all these judgments? Why famine, pestilence, sword, and and beasts? Why COVID-19? Why AIDS? Why all this other stuff? For us to turn to God. Hosea 6, 1. Come and let us return to the Lord, for he hath thorned. Somebody said, well, the devil did it. No. The Lord hath torn. He will heal us. He has smitten. He will bind us up. After the second day, He will revive us. We're well past the second day, maybe. And in the third day, we're in the third day now, in the third millennial, after that third thousand year, we're in 2020 right now. And in the third day, I will raise you up and you will live in my sight. If you fall in to know the Lord, His going forth is prepared as the morning. And he will come to us. I'm talking about the coming of the Lord, the parousia. He will come to us as the rain, the former and the latter. As you a rain in the time of the latter rain, the Lord make bright clouds and forth showers to everyone. Grass in the field but you've got to know who he is, the real Christ, because there's many false Christs that have entered into the world, many false prophets. They do not confess that Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, God Almighty, the Father of glory, the Spirit of the Father, which is the Spirit of the Son, is coming to our hearts Why we cry, Abba, Father, Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Was, is it's a present in perfect tense. Jesus Christ is still coming in the flesh. Is come, not has come, is come. Is come, present in perfect tense, imperfect because it's still happening and is, it's present, still doing. God still coming in and saving the the ones that will call upon his name, they're born of the water and the spirit growing up in him in all things, coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, the Lord is uh, for the salvation of his people, still coming in the flesh. 1 John 4, verse 1 through 3. He said, now see, all these judgments, all the famine, pestilence sword, and and beast, are for, but for one reason. Deuteronomy 32 in the Song of Moses tells you why. Verse 39. Deuteronomy 32, 39. See now. What see now, see what? See now that I, even I, am he. Not us. Not a trinity. Not a binatarian. Not a oneness. One God. Jesus only doctrine. In the days of his flesh, he was a man. Moved on into the spirit of God. Made himself of no reputation. Worked only as a man. Because by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, death by sin. Therefore, by one man. Not a God man, by a man. My servant made many righteous. He suffered as a man, tempted at all points like as we are, yet without sin. But then after, he fulfilled the law in every aspect. Couldn't come into the ministry till he's thirty years old, because Numbers four states that the high priest comes into the ministry at age thirty. Jesus fulfilled every jot and tittle of that law and then nailed it to his cross breaking down that middle wall of partition. That man is your Savior. He is the Lord God Almighty. He's been glorified by the Father's own self. He proceeded from the Father, John 16, and came into the world. That water that proceeds from the waterfall goes into the river. is the same water there off the waterfall that's in that river. Jesus proceeded from the Father, died, rose again, and went back to the Father. Not around him, not beside him. That's where he did for us. Somebody said he's at the right hand of God. That right hand is not a physical right hand car. It is dexios, meaning spiritual power. He never uses hand in a physical. He uses hand, dexios, D-E-X-I-O-S, meaning the power of God. That's the reason David said God is always at my right hand. He's my power. Mean that meaning mean God was sitting there shaking hand with David in his right hand. Huh. <laughs> Hallelujah. See now, all these judgments of God are for one reason for God to reveal who He is in the revealing, the unveiling, the revealing and unveiling of Jesus Christ for all to see. See now that I even I am He, and there is no God with me, no God beside me. I kill, I make alive. Somebody said, I thought the devil did that. No. God said, I kill, I make alive, I wound, and I heal. In Hosea 6, he said, If you follow unto know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning, he will come to us as the rain. Who? God Almighty will come to us. Christ will come to us as the rain, the former and the latter rain in the first month. That latter rain is in in the seventh month 21st day of the seventh month, and he got to the feast prophet, the festive prophet, and the feast of uh, uh, tabernacles in that 21st day of the seventh month. And he said uh, that he will shake all nations, and then the desire of all nations shall come. All the silver and gold is mine, and I'll make the glory of the latter house, the latter reign, greater than that of the former. The former reign was in Acts, the second chapter. This will be far, far greater. God said, I wound, I heal, I kill, I make a lie. I heal, neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. If I lift up my hand to heaven and say, I live forever. And there's no us there. There's no God Jr. there. There's no second person of the Godhead there. If I wet my glittering sword and mine hand take hold on judgment, I will render vengeance to mine enemies and reward them that hate me. I will make mine arrows drunk with blood, and my sword shall devour flesh, and that with the blood of the slain slain and the captives from the beginning of revenges upon the enemy. Rejoice, O ye nations, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants and will render vengeance to his adversaries and will be merciful unto his land and to his people. And Moses came and spake all the words of this song in the ears of the people, he and Hoshea, the son of Nun, Joshua. Now, he says this will be what will befall thy people in the latter days. Notice that God's judgments are only to reveal his glory, that he alone is God and there's not another. This is the song of Moses. You cannot sing Revelation 15, the song of Moses, without having experienced and knowing who he is. The true Christ, the true rock, the capital R-O-C-K, friend of mine, neighbor. You're in a Trinity Church. I beseech you, by the mercies of God, that you seek the Lord your God. It's your soul. It's your everlasting peril that you will be in there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun I I beg you take a look at it seek the Lord your God you seek him you will definitely find him and find that there's been great lies that have been spoken to the body of Christ and there is a real true body the true body of Christ believes in only one A Jesus-only doctrine, the blessed and only potentate. The omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, Jesus. That man, that man, Christ Jesus, in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, that second Adam, only he is that quickening spirit, small s. Why? Because that man is your salvation. He's the one that died for you on the cross. He's glorified with God's own self. You can't get to the Father but by him. The Son is the redemptive office of that Spirit. The Father is that administrative office of that same Spirit. The Word is that expression office of that same Spirit. The Holy Ghost is that power office of that same Spirit. And that is the Spirit of His Son. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Be able to sing the song of Moses. Be sure and take that sealing of little children. Do not be denied where he says, depart from me I never knew you, you that work iniquity. Know him that he is God and there's not another. Be able to sing the song of Moses, the song of the Lamb, for there is none other. Until the next time, this is sealing God's people according to his word through the effectual working of the Holy Ghost. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, behold, the real G.